This podcast is brought to you by Ward Business Group, Central Maryland's premier construction management and general contracting company. They are licensed and insured and provide a full range of services and products. Their services include, but are not limited to, lawn and landscape, excavation and land clearing, welding and custom fabrication, and snow removal. They also have products for sale, such as sand, stone, mulch, and firewood. Ward Business Group serves Central Maryland and the surrounding areas. Ward Business Group is an affiliate of Invisible Fence brand of Carroll County and Invisible Fence brand of Delmarva. Check them out on Facebook via their website, or you can contact Justin Ward with any inquiries at 410-984-4020. All right, I'm here with 3B today. Uh, we've been we had this scheduled for a while. Been pumped up for this one because I've been doing all these fucking interviews and I'm ready to not do interviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you told us a couple weeks ago, man. I've been been pumped about this one for yeah, a while. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I've been really, really pushing some shows right now. So hunting season comes around. Hopefully, fingers crossed, I have time to actually do yeah, shit. Yeah, well, all the stuff you've been doing and a couple shows you had. And then with this one, I'm like, dude, it's, we're getting ready for hunting season. Yeah. And it's <laughs> July. Yeah, but you got you also got to figure teal comes in September, right? Month and a half away. I don't like rushing summer. I like spending it with my kids. But as soon as it starts to get cold, oh, pumped! Yeah, I got trail cameras out right now, and I got bucks on them. So that's all I'm thinking about. Bow season. I just put two cameras out that I'm I'm just they're they're not like cell cams. They're just cams that normally I put them in spots and I let them soak. I got a couple more to do it with, but I'll just put them. I'll probably check them in august at some point and then i will let them soak until october ish like mid-october and see what's going on but other than that i don't i don't like to t after the cell cam debacle last year with the spy points and having such an issue and, and i i know like get the reveals and or whatever everybody says but that's what i've got i just got to a point last year where it irritated me so much that i decided that i'm just gonna go back to basics and just go back to what i was it's almost more fun too when you're in a tree stand in like mid-october or mid-november and like you see a buck you haven't seen yeah. it's kind of kind of cool too so hell yeah so, you know i've never used trail cams so like when i walk in the woods and i see a buck coming through the woods i've never seen it before and it's always exciting it was cool when we the last time we were here we talked about we put one up over the beaver dam and i didn't get them building the dam but we saw a lot of cool deer and just cool wildlife. Bald was, eagle. <clears throat> yeah, we saw a bald eagle. Yeah. Definitely catching something out Some of the hawks. water. I got a couple of tail splashes from the beavers. A lot of ducks. I mean, literally two hours after Lee and I put this thing up, there's wood ducks flying in and landing there. It's almost creepy, though, because it's like, I'm not there. This is what's going on, yeah. you know? But it was, it was, it was interesting to see. And uh, I got some cool pictures of some deer swimming across the water. Just tried to scratch my ear over my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> He's had a uh, half a beer. <laughs> yeah, that's a cool thing about last year. I did for the first time ever. I took my cell cam down to the mountain with me in Virginia, and I took it like three miles out from camp, and I set it way out and uh, in a big saddle that that went across the mountain, and that was really cool because, like, I'd wake up in the morning and there'd be pictures. I'm like. <gasps> Cause you never know yeah. in the mountain what it's going to be. And it, the one, the one actually two of the bucks were big bucks. And I was like, Holy shit. Like 
I've, I, we hunt out here all the time and like, I'm not seeing these deer, but in the middle of the night, these farmland deer were getting up and cruising, looking for some ass in the middle of the night up on the mountain. So that was kind of cool. It was like, damn, like they're not there when I'm there, but they're fucking here right. somewhere. So that was pretty cool. But all right. So today we wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, gear that we use in waterfowl season. Um, and I got some, but why don't you, why don't you guys go first? I know you were prepped for this. I'll go for it. I got a bunch of stuff. So, uh, first thing I want to talk about, I just gave some to Mike. It's our third time here. It's our third date. So, you know what happens on the third date most of the time. <laughs> got to give it away. <laughs> now, nowadays, it's the first date. <laughs> well, we're old fashioned. So, I gave Mike some uh, cool stickers with our logo and his logo on them. And I got some more ones for free. So, at the end of this podcast, whoever stays and listens that long, I'll tell you how to get them. So, um, gear that we use, I got a bunch of stuff I'll go over, but, um, I'm not going to talk about like my waders or I use this type of gun, just some sentimental stuff that we got. Um, just stuff that kind of means some cool stuff to me. Do you want me to go through? The, we'll just rotate. I'll do a couple and then you do a couple, you know? Yeah. Say, so why don't we do that? We'll do uh like you do one. Okay. We'll talk on it and then we'll just all kind of bounce around a little bit. I mean, first thing that you need to have that. I think it's probably important is if you are married or have a girlfriend, you got to have an old lady that understands what you're doing. And that means a lot. So my wife's pretty awesome. Let's me do that. You know, let's me go out. Your wife's a gear. <laughs> <laughs> she's part of the package. So I own her. He's no, just, he's listen, just, not, these aren't my words. Listen, he's just sucking up because of her comments on the last uh, podcast. Yeah, she wasn't happy, but she's awesome. She lets me go out, deals with my five kids so I can go hunting and stuff. Um, couple basics that I like to take that I always make sure I have with me is a good chair. I do have some cooler stuff I'll go into that other than this, but as a nice chair and always have a nice pair of sunglasses. That's the, the main, not just the lame stuff I'll talk about. Again, we'll get into some other cool stuff that I take with me, but, you know, Joshua Lee, hit it up. Go ahead, Lee. I'm going to go for, first off for motion. So we've talked about it before with the spin wing decoys and all that stuff. And uh, I think motion is probably number one importance when you got decoys out in the water and where we hunt and acetic and, and the Martian stuff by November spinning wings scared ducks off. Mm -hmm. So having a jerk rig mm -hmm. in my pack is number one. I started to use them last year and uh, I upgraded to one of the motion decoy pull rigs. And uh, I think that's what I'm going to use the most this year. But I mean, spinning wings have their place, but uh, having a jerk rig and at least having some motion on the water, I think that's, my number one didn't you say you just bought one of those agitators well yeah i bought uh we're looking at i guess going through the whole thing with bluebird waterfowl that you had on i, I think october we're gonna get those november yeah. early november october ish they just sent us the uh order form to verify yeah. what motion decoy we have That's and all awesome. that stuff so I'm, I'm looking forward to that i really would like to see how that works on the water yeah those person. ripplers we bought a couple of those ripplers a couple of years ago too they they work real well i mean they don't put out a ton of motion but they do, you know, get the water moving. And if you got, you know, other decoys close to them, you know, they, they definitely keep things moving. I turned mine. I had my mallard rippler turned into a buffalo head and we took it to a guy that flocks and stuff. And it looks awesome. I might change the weight on it. I might put like a nickel or a dime on just to give it a little bit more motion in the ocean. Literally. I, I think my, um, the seal on my rippler, the only complaint I have about those is mine burn up. And the reason was, the seal on the inside of the Rippler, actually, I, it might have been ice, like taking it apart, putting new batteries in the middle oh. of ice. But 
Uh, I split the seal on it, and then it I, it got water in it. I think it burned up a little bit. But we use the Lucky Duck, um, those pucks, the quiver magnets. The quiver magnets. Yeah. They, they do pretty much the same thing, except for they aren't a decoy out. They're, they come painted blue. We hunt in the marsh and ponds and shit most. I painted it brown, and the ducks never see it, and it works pretty good. The jerk rig, I just made a jerk rig. I like to make shit, and I just made a jerk rig this year that has, um, I put a foam handle on the end so that out of my kayak, I can actually, it'll be weighted on one end, and I can drop it beside me if I go to shoot in the kayak. And then also, and I can re- retrieve it, obviously. And then also, I used um, tuna clips, like fishing clips oh, okay. for you know corrosion-resistant. Mm-hmm. So I can actually slip those over. It's a it's a straight line jerk rig with a weight on it and a bungee, and then I can place the decoys where I want. And that way, along my jerk rig, if I want to put two in the middle of the decoys and then one a little closer, or if I want one far and two in the middle of the decoys, I have enough line and all that I can actually set them where I want, or pull one off if I want to pull one off and have two. Whatever the case is, I can actually do that which is is pretty cool this year i'm going to test that thing out um but yeah motion motion for us like water motion in general is such a huge deal i didn't realize for literal years i didn't realize that my goose decoys were just fucking sitting throwing shade on the water and i was like mm-hmm. and then you know i i kept seeing on instagram these a lot of people using the um the drones nowadays and these these flyover videos yeah. and ducks feeding and i've seen it too but and never put two and two together but these drone videos really made me think you know they're flying over their decoys and they're like cool music in the background really high quality look look at all of you know look at our 50 decoys we have out in this wicked looking marsh and nothing's moving and the water's crystal clear and i'm like wait a minute like i know you can kill ducks over that but as soon as the ducks get pressured they don't like coming into water that's not slurried decoys that aren't moving like if if you got feeder butts out but there's no mud in the water if you're a duck you'd be like why the fuck yeah i got i got really into looking at that this year too bird's eye view literally and drone shots of even just the color you don't realize you know you might be hunting teal or whatever like that they don't have a ton of color on them on a little bit of blue so throwing mallards out and that's something i'll talk about later on with some of the decoys that i use um, but I've been real into watching. It's a good thing. And YouTube has them all over the place, these drone shots and overhead shots of mallards and just their formations. I mean, you might look at your spread and think how cool that is, but it's really not spread out just in front of you. And if you look at these overhead shots, they're all over the place. This group's tight. This group's over here. So really take time. That kind of goes into one of the next things I was going to talk about is like Lee and I with, with 3B, we teach kids at the YHEC program. Uh, youth hunting education challenge and we do a waterfowl class with them and that's one of the things that we go over is that like i guess a lot of people think it's almost like golf helicopter we're about to get bombed that that must be like right above the house yeah that's right above the house because this is insulated as shit it's the germans are coming (laughs) get out of here all right turn out your lights (laughs) but uh you know we talk about like with the kids and stuff like a lot of people think to do and go duck hunting, you need a thousand things. And you really don't. If you've got a spot to go and there's ducks there, you don't need a thousand things. That's something that him and I go over. And the power of the internet. You can look up stuff, YouTube, 
um, Ducks Unlimited, whether you support them or not, they have a free app that has identification on it. It's got maps on it. It's got uh, journals and log posts. You can literally track up the East Coast or wherever you're hunting and see where birds are coming in and out of. I can look. So we hunt primarily in Pennsylvania and Maryland. I can look up in New York and Pennsylvania, guys that are hunting a couple of days, okay, how the, the bluebills are coming down. Now the mallards are coming down. Now the, the migratory birds are starting to move. And it's free. It's all free. State of Maryland does the same thing, whether you like the government or paying all this stuff for licenses or not. Uh, Maryland Compass, the DNR site, it's unlimited access to free land information about where to go, where to boat, where to camp, where to hunt. And it's all, it's free. Yeah. I mean, ultimately your taxes are paying for, I know, but to, to access it, it's all, it's all free. So that's just uh, information that you can't beat. You know, we do a PowerPoint and we do this for kids and we show them, you know, go check out Meat Eater, go check out, uh, what was that show they just had about ducks? Duck was a duck, duck lore. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, even Duck Commander, uh, Tony Vandemore, his pages and stuff like that. There's just it's out there for free. You can you can check it out. Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Duck. Let's get dangerous. Let's get dangerous. Darkwing Duck. Anyway, along those same lines, Duck I mean, tail. even even just some simple <laughs> stuff. Go to your community ponds. Go to like the Westminster Duck Pond and go watch. How the birds are on the water. No, that's not what I'm saying. That would be fun. Take your gamo. But I'm just saying. And your camo. Go watch how the ducks are moving on the water. Go watch how they're feeding. Watch how they're swimming around. Watch how they're interacting with other birds. and, and Very, very rapey. Yeah, very rapey. <laughs> yeah, ducks are mean, man. Yeah. That's why I don't feel bad about shooting them. So I got a call the other day. Serena and my daughters went out to the duck pond in Westminster and I get this call from Tegan and she is just screaming because this goose started chasing her around the pond. Uh, I thought it was funny. I told her to just kick it. Can't do that. It was hissing at me. Kick it harder. <laughs> Till it stops moving. That's right. Well, you, you were talking about um, the jerk rigs and motion and things like that. Another thing that I implemented this year was I switched all of my main decoys to a clear line. And the reason being is... I'm still we, thinking about Darkwing Duck. I'm sorry. Maybe. <laughs> we, we, uh, we would realize, like, especially on the bay and tidal water, our lines would go slack while we were sitting there after a couple of hours, and we'd, all right, whatever. And then birds would come in, they'd just flare at 70, 80 yards, and we're like, what the fuck? Like it was perfect. Like they were coming right in. Yeah. What was it? We were hidden. We're, we're that blind that we were running out of was awesome. Like what, what's going on? And then we go out there and you just see black line floating on the water beside the D cause yeah. it's like, eh, that might, that may have been it. So that's something I got to change. Cause every one of my decoys is on a black line. Yeah. So, and I've noticed that I've noticed that a lot. Cause sometimes we're hunting in water. That's, I mean, murky, dark, you can't tell, but then sometimes you get a nice clear day sunny day mm-hmm. bluebird day and you can see i mean even in the blind you can see a black line yeah we got when we first got into it I mean, it wasn't you lee but the other guys that we hunt with bought like that cheap nylon green od cord and the cloudy mm-hmm. water chocolate milk water you can't see it but water change water level changes that stuff's going to float to the top and look like spaghetti and worms out in the water and what gave me the idea was actually watching and like fishing myself but watching fishing as well is for years Obviously, everybody wants to use mono line or whatever. And, you know, we go out on these fishing trips and they're like, yeah, no, we'll set. 
shark rigs with mono, 100 pound mono, because they can't see it, they may they may snap it, but we get more bites. And then over time, I was thinking, I'm like, well, what can I do about this? And I look it up, I'm like, oh, there's Avery sells clear line. Like that was perfect because it's it's just I it's another thing. It's one of those things that I don't know if necessarily 80 percent of the time it matters. But it's going to drive me nuts if I keep watching birds flare and I don't know what it is and I didn't fix the issue that I thought yeah. was an issue. Then it's going to drive me up a wall. So that's one of these. I've looked at one of those, uh, was it the decoy rafts from Southern Waterfowl? And they're all black. Yeah, they're all black. And I thought about that would be great. But then, again, they're only floating seven inches under the water and you got a four-foot by six-foot black square. If you're hunting are on. old squall and you want to burn them up, go ahead. Yeah. Because you're you're shooting those birds as they're swooping in at eighty miles an hour, but yeah. if you're trying to kill puddles, I I could I, and geese and honkers, yeah, I could never see killing big geese, no. with with something like that and killing puddle ducks, honkers and jerk rigs. <laughs> this is going to be a fun night. <laughs> <laughs> what you got, Lee? You want to go again or what? Good. Okay. We're going get, to get, get to me. Mine's more of a sentimental thing. Uh, I have a very special hat that I take with me just about every time I go hunting. Chris knows about it. Uh, it's like a fur-lined. It's like know one of those Russian yeah. flap hats with the, what are they called? I don't know what they're called. I don't know. Something, Commie cap. Something, <laughs> yeah. something, something Russian. I don't know. It's like this fur-lined camouflage hat. Uh, my brother Scott gave it to me years ago. We, <laughs> we traded for it. Yeah. Um, I actually call it my good luck duck hat. Every time I have that hat on my head, I kill a new breed of duck that I've never killed before. I had it on when we killed the canvasbacks, when I killed the bluebill, uh, when I killed the ringneck, my first mallard I had it on. But I have it with me in my bag every single time. But sometimes, you know, you go out early teal, it's fucking 70 degrees. Or So? I ain't, I'm not wearing a fucking fur hat when it's 70 degrees. <laughs> I used to have one of those that was rabbit lined. Yeah. And it was the coolest ass. It, you could stay warm no matter what. Like you could, it, it didn't matter. If it was zero degrees. Your head would stay warm. The only problem was it was so dense that in deer season, I'd be sitting in a tree stand <laughs> and I'd just turn and look and there'd be a deer right beside me because I couldn't hear him. But that was the only bad thing. But I, had, it, I had one, but it was blaze orange. So that would not be good for waterfowl hunting. But yeah, it was, it was rabbit lines. I think in terms of like, like hats and gear, I always carry in my pack, and th- this is kind of just habit, and it weighs nothing, so I always carry it. I always carry like a slip-on beanie. I'll wear a regular hat, try to keep the sun in my eyes, but I always in my blind bag I carry a little teeny tiny pack down slip-on beanie. It's just a, it's fleece. It's like just enough yeah. to cut the cold on my ears and shit if I need it. That's that's kind of a cool tip for anybody is carry. I I think that the gloves that I carry are the number one thing anybody can have. And if you set decoys, especially off of a boat or in any sort of tidal water where the wind can pick up and you can get chopped, you you got to have a good pair of gloves. Or by nine a.m., your hands are completely fucking frozen because you got wet. Right. First thing, I just use Amazon ordered. Crabbing gloves for That's exactly, 20 bucks. That was another thing that was on my list. I, yeah. have, a, I have a thick, heavy orange pair of crabbing gloves. Yeah. And, man, setting decoys or picking decoys up at the end of the day, man, you save your hands. We got them. I got mine from Harbor Freight for yeah, six or seven under bucks. Under 10 bucks, yeah. Right. 
I remember that time frame. You guys probably do too. Where when I was when I was maybe like around eighteen twenty, I remember I was in the gear phase, and I remember everybody had to have the newest decoy glove under armor made theirs banded made one yeah and everybody uh avery made one everybody i talked to i was still using bare hands and yeah. i and everybody I, I talked to would be like dude uh, mine are mine are leaking already you gotta my, get these elbow length neoprene gloves yeah yeah well yeah. and and it was all so the ones that were like under armor made and banded made they were like a wind windbreaker material on the outside mm-hmm. and they were insulated so when you put them on outside of the water you were like I can't get cold in this fucking thing. And then you'd go out in the water and after three hunts of stitching would go bad because they were made in some sweatshop somewhere. And then after the stitching goes bad, you're out there soaked every morning. Anyway, you might as well be bare barehanded and you can't shoot with them. I knew I couldn't shoot with those crabbing gloves, but I had seen on a Facebook page forum that these old heads were like, just get it like industrial grade crabbing gloves and hide them in your blind bag. Yeah, yeah and exactly it's what, yeah. it's the shit. You're only using them to put out your decoys or go get something, and then right. it's not like you're wearing them while you're sitting in the blind. Now, I will I will say this: this pair I got last year have like a removable liner. So you know, you if you do wear them and you start sweating, whatever, you take that liner out and wash it and dry it, and then your gloves don't fucking stink all the yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> mine don't have a, mine are like stitched in. That's that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah, I remember my dad and my brother when I started duck hunting. They went and bought the cheap Walmart neoprene crabbing gloves and from, you know, uh, was the Cambridge Walmart or whatever. And that's what I had up until about four years ago when I lost them. God knows where they went. But yeah, I went and bought Avery gloves. They leaked like the first season. Uh, got a pair of them Gator waiter gloves, which is that like breathable material. Mm-hmm. They leaked within a season. So Gator yeah. waiter. Getting a pair of just rubber gloves that a little bit of insulation just to get you through laying your decoys or picking up ducks. That's all you need. When when retired guys or old guys who've hunted for as long as they have, if they say something, yeah, you take that. N- normally I take that for yeah. for what it is because I I believe that they just have the, have more experience. I don't get to hunt as much. I would love to be Ramsey Russell, but I can't. Yep. So I you know what I mean. Like I when he says something. I I under I listen to that because that must be legit. Like if if he's tested these things 250 days a year because he hunts in South America and shit, it must be legit. So yeah. And I don't know about you guys, but if my hands get cold, I'm done. Oh, That's yeah. the one part of my body. My feet can get a little cold. My I don't know. Out on the bay when we go all the way out there, I've been fucking soaked and just been me, like liquor. That's <laughs> I need to get warm. Question. Let me ask you a question. Do you use hand warmers? foot warmers i don't use foot warmers if it's like zero to ten degrees i keep hand warmers in there in case i need them <sighs> he will call anybody in this world a sissy if he sees you put a pair of hand warmers in go, your pocket you're outside be outside if you're too cold go inside yeah if you're too cold you're a pussy you want to talk about that hold on hold on i'm a little guy <laughs> i get cold quick okay let's talk about the day at cadoris last year it's 11 degrees outside, and yeah. you and Goldhammer are sitting across the lake in the sun. In the sun. I nice picked the right spot. Right. And you still left at 11 o'clock it freezing was cold. your ass off. That's why I just said, if you're too cold, you're the pussy and go home. And I went home. <laughs> and, and Timmy <laughs> sat there all day in the shade. My 75-year-old father's going to kick your ass for that. Right? Listen. He lives Bring for Bring it, me. old man. <laughs> I, I will say I, I am a cold-natured person, and 
the only reason I say that is because growing up when I was a kid, my dad would get so pissed off at me because my feet would be cold at age five, six, seven, yeah. and he'd be kicking me in the ass at 9 a.m. when we were headed out but or going back home. But like now everybody else around me will get cold out hunting, and I I'll, I don't know if it's a suck-up factor or what it is, but I'm like, no, I'm out here. We're going to do it. Now, I do keep hand warmers because I am smart enough to know when to hold them and when to fold them, and if I need to put, break out the hand warmers, I'll break out the fucking hand warmers. No way. No way. Tough it out. Get, I just get up and take a walk. Yeah. In 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 the in the middle of the winter time, every day I put my waders on. I will go throw them back in my truck because I'm like, oh shit, I used hand warmers last time. The rock solid. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that's my right. rant. That's my. That's all right. My. Is it, anybody else got anything? Yeah, I got a bunch. I mean, I, what do you want to talk about? No, I was just gonna bring up waders and the fact that I. I think my Cabela's waiters for somebody who hunts a good bit, but not, I'm like a weekend warrior. If you're somebody who burns up 50 sits a year waterfowl hunting, maybe they're not for you. I don't know. But my Cabela's waiters, I had one pair that held up until I went through some buck brush and beat them to shit. And then I had another pair that has lasted like another three years now. They, they are, I put them through ice. They're covered in ice. I beat shit out of them. I go through brush. And they hold up really well. I know a lot of waiter companies that are newer or that have done new things. People have bitched about them a lot. So that's just something. You like breathable or neoprene ones? Neoprene. And just the reason being, it keeps me a lot warmer. It's hot as he, shit. He's in the, little. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm little. My, my neoprene waiters at full length come up to my head. <laughs> I'm but, glad you brought up waiters, though, because I literally today got my new ones. So I've had the Roger Elite waiters, the two-in-one mm-hmm. with the zip-out liners. And I've had them for, what, oh, four seasons? <laughs> since I si- since I had my neoprenes that they all joked about, I bought the way, uh, the uh, – Which ones did we joke about? Your brown ones, ones that yeah, look the, like the move the road leggings? Literally, I had to – What about like, the ones that you had that smelled like a dead dick? That's the, the old uh, Roger ones that I just got rid of. <laughs> that smelled like a dead dick. Oh, so man. they've lasted me four seasons, and they've been great. And I've are just, they wax canvas? It's the breathable wax canvas ones. Yeah, that's that's possibly my next venture is a jacket, a wax canvas. My whole thing though was when I bought them what, two weeks ago when Goldhammer, our buddy, let me know that they were on sale. They're regular four hundred dollar waders, and they were fifty five percent off. Brand new two thousand two yeah. line waders. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to buy one. I need waders. I'm going to buy them. I'm yep. not spending a thousand dollars on sickle waders. I'm going to buy because they're stupid. Yeah. So I went and bought them, and they're great. They've got fleece hand warmers up top, not down in the bottom where they used to be when you waded through waist-deep water. They got now they're wet. wet. Yeah. yeah, you got a gallon of water sitting in there, so they're now up top. So, yeah, I'm, I'm – I just got a new pair. I play a lot of those raffle sites on Facebook. Uh, for Yeti. So is my wife. Yeah, for Yeti stuff. and. <laughs> but you're a breathables too, right? Yeah, so I had a pair of frog talk ones that, like you guys both just said, he's gonna say something funny, but uh, I've had those for like three years. They just got a hole, and they're not too bad. I'm gonna keep them as backups. But on the site that I had, I played and I won a game, and I didn't want any of the prizes, so they gave me a bunch of cash. So I got a new pair of Drake uh, breathable wax, whatever you guys just said, ones for. I think I paid twenty five bucks out of pocket for them. So wax canvas is like is an old technology. It's like what. Right. The brown jackets you see, like old old pictures of guys mm-hmm. on the Chesapeake Bay, like that's all wax canvas. And actually, to talk about the sicko waiters and wax canvas at the same time, 
uh, Zero Duck 30 are some guys I connected with. They got a podcast down in Florida. And they had rant. They actually like got Ramsey Russell. They're a new podcast, and they got Ramsey Russell to come on the podcast after he just came back from like Portugal or some shit. And he he talked to them for like an hour and a half, two hours, and um, he was talking about. They did a little segment where they went over gear that he believes in. He and for anybody who doesn't know Ramsey Russell, he hunts North America all he can. His life is hunting, and he. And then he goes to South America when it's out of season and he literally hunts he probably 10 months a year or something. And he's, he's not sponsored by Sika. He brought that up, but he said when they first got their waiters, him being Ramsey Russell, they sent him a pair of prototypes. He said there was something wrong with him in the stitching. And he did talk about that. They fixed it, got him a new pair of waiters. And he said he's hunted for years that amount of fucking time and he's hunted for years like that with the same pair of thousand dollar waiters and he did say i won't buy another pair of waiters now and this coming from a guy who as i said he said he said paying for quality was worth it now for me i don't have the money to legitimately spend a thousand dollars but he also brought up wax canvas jackets and how he hunts 80 percent of his hunts out of a brown wax canvas jacket that is it's not camo or anything it's just Mm -hmm. he said simple wax canvas and it's been the best jacket he's ever had so maybe i'm missing something on that train i I we're just like you we're weekend warriors and if if i had the thousand dollars to spend so be it but 125 bucks for waiters that are going to probably last me four seasons i'll take that i'll take that every day and then four seasons from now just buy another pair it is what it is i'm not like a brand guy i mean i say that you guys are staring at my yeti cup here (laughs) you know i actually had a funny story the other day i was just kind of getting that midlife point and i shop at walmart most of the time but I was out in my garage. They sell hand warmers there. They do. That's where I buy them. Do you need any? I'll get you some, okay? They sell them right next to the tampon aisle. No, it's in the tampon aisle. <laughs> but I was out in my garage, and I was just thinking like. Hot hands, tampons. Yeah. Hot hands, what if you? That's a good idea for both. Heated. Heated. <laughs> heated maxi pads? Dudes. Your butthole will never get cold again. Why does it go on your butthole? Because <laughs> we're a bunch of dudes talking about <laughs> Dude, men's can have pe- men's. Man, man ponds. Man, man, can men can have periods now, Josh. Hey, there, there are the some days it's warm enough that I'm packing a man pond out there in my fucking... Listen, I've put a wipe between my butt cheeks before. I don't have any shame in saying that, dude. <laughs> no shame. Anyways, back to my story. So I was out in my garage just realizing how weird your life powder is. Powder my nose, powder my hose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out in the garage and I'm cooking dinner. I just realized, like, I guess I kind of like a tool. I got my fucking Walmart Hakuna Machada T-shirt on. I got my hey my hey dude shoes on. I'm drinking out of my Yeti cup, cooking on my Blackstone, listening to the most furious death metal. And this dude drives by and I'm like, "Hey, Mike, hey, dude." You know, and I'm like, "Man, am I that guy?" Did you have your New Balance sneakers on? I do wear New Balance sneakers. Yeah, it's Hey Dudes. No, I was wearing Hey Dudes. Actually, I had. Do you wear Walmart Hey Dudes? Yeah, the What's Up Georges. That's what we call them. I was going to say, hey, son. (laughs) What's Up Georges? Yeah. 
But uh, I'm not a gear guy. Like I do have some nice stuff, and I, I I do like Yeti stuff that I I have paid for a couple things like that. But mostly I've I've been lucky enough to win a bunch of that stuff. Uh, but talking about like like jackets, I have a three dollar OD Green fleece pullover that I've had for years, and I bought an extra big size even for me that literally I can throw over top the waders. I'll lay the 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 spread out and the decoys out, and I'll go back and I'll put that on over top the waders. Still room enough for a coat or a jacket. Three bucks. Can't beat it. It's comfortable, warm. I mean, it's all you need. I'm going to throw a shout out to Garrett Martin real quick because his sweatshirts. His sweatshirt, yeah. We live in from September. From September until February. I live in, I have two of them. Yeah. And I wear the crap out of them. It's usually what I wear when I'm duck hunting. The first time we were here, we talked about it. I didn't wash mine for like two years at all. Now, I say that sounds gross, but I literally wore it like a jacket. And, you know, I would take it off inside the house. And But, I mean, if you saw pictures of us from, what, 2018 or 19? Martin's taxidermy. All of us have these shirts on. Except for me because I don't have one. Well, he owes you guys money because apparently he's gotten so big now. I mean, oh, yeah, you guys probably did it. Well, It wasn't his work. It must have been you guys. <laughs> Listen, sure. if somebody's going to give me, I'll take free stuff all day long. Yeah. I'll wear your stuff. If you give it to me, I'll wear it. I'll wear it around. Manpon, you're going to wear that? Got hashtag, that on Instagram. Hashtag Mountain and Marsh hat. Yep, that's right. <laughs> we got there, Joshy. Uh, see, I'm on, the, I'm on the other end of this whole waiter debate. I wear the cheapest, Waiter debater. Yeah, the waiter debater. That's me, the master waiter debater. Uh, <laughs> I wear the cheapest waders. I literally have a $40 pair of waders. They've lasted me three seasons so far. Haven't leaked yet. I bought a triple XL size 15 shoe. And I literally, I just wear a pair of bibs underneath of them. They're not insulated. They're just. Yeah, you got them on Amazon, right? Yeah. They're just PVC waders. They're camo. They're I got a pair from my son. Yeah. They're called Fox Ellie. Yeah. PVC waders. They're I mean, thick they're, as shit. Yeah, they're, like the material. Yeah, they're thick. They're heavy, but like they're not insulated. So when I mean, if they get cold, you're gonna get cold. Like I said, I just you know that's you're not why. gonna get wet. They're yeah. I bought a pair for my son, and he yeah. wears. They're forty bucks, and he just they're camouflage. He's pumped to put them on and come with us. And same thing, I got him big so he can put sweatpants and. But that goes back to what you were saying. You can do this right on a low budget. You can yeah. start duck yeah. hunting on the, the cheapest of budgets possible. And then as you go, you yeah. start building. Well, I think it's com- it's comparable to like golf. I don't play golf, but it's almost like Josh, you you help maintain a golf course for your job. But like people think to play golf, you got to have all this stuff, and to an extent, you do. You got to have clubs, or you got to know somebody. But you can go to any thrift store and yeah. find the shit you and need. There's been plenty of times where I've gone to golf tournaments with a driver and a putter, and I other I noticed a lot. I brought up the Facebook page earlier, but. I notice a lot on Facebook pages that I follow um, that people will be commenting about anything, anything that's posted. It does not matter. Somebody will say, "Um, I want to do this for this amount of money. And somebody will comment right back and go, then you're in the wrong sport or you're, you're, and I'm like, no, you're not. Because I just spent like $30 to reflock heads on decoys. I spent nine goose decoys i spent twenty dollars on at a fucking auction mm-hmm. like 50 or uh, 12 years ago or some shit like it, it it's it's funny to me that there's such that and i know we've talked about the decoys before too but there are nice decoys that i have that i like 
Higdon Higdon foam filled decoys, not even battle battleships or whatever they are, but just a Higdon foam filled decoy is a nice decoy. I like it. We use them on the bay for long lines and things, and they stand up. You can pepper them if if you accidentally pepper them, whatever they're foam filled, and they're a good decoy. And they're normally they used to be forty dollars for six, and now they're around fifty five sixty. But they're just a good solid decoy, and they're not even super expensive. But you can get stupid cheap with waterfowl hunting and kill as many birds as some dickhead who spends ten thousand dollars in a year on waterfowl yeah it's it's about what you know and understanding weather understanding patterns understanding land structure wind understanding all that can make you a better waterfowl hunter where as if you're someone who just spends a bunch of money and tries to go out and kill them you're probably not going to do as well right you can buy all the expensive decoys you want to but if you don't know how to set them up and how to put your pattern out there on the water ain't going to do you any good. Or you just got to be in the right place. You just can't say there's a pond. Right. I'm going to go put a bunch of duck decoys out here and have stuff come in. If they're not there, they're not there. Not to keep harping on the Ramsey Russell thing, but I'll bring this up too. Another thing he said about gear, they were talking about decoys, and he isn't sponsored by anybody. He had talked about, I don't believe he's sponsored by anybody, but he had talked about a decoy that he uses. Maybe he is affiliated he is affiliated with Mojo, and he loves Mojo decoys, but he said he's used them everywhere forever. He said down in, like, Argentina and shit, those guys will take any type of soda bottle, spray paint it black, hook a line to it with a weight, with a hoop, with, like, chop up a piece of steel, drop it in the water, and they'll set 30 decoys that are black pop bottles, and they'll shoot a limit of teals over them. And I'm like, they're, now they're in the right spot. Yes, they're absolutely in right. the right spot. But... Just to go back to that, it does not take a bunch of money and effort to kill ducks when you can do it for a whole lot cheaper. I'm even thinking about making a diver spread out of like 50% bottles now because I'm like, what if I just did it and tried it? Like, what Spray am I going to lose? jugs or the uh, old uh, buoy uh, yeah, flutes. Crap. Those, those bitches sell for a lot now because yeah. they're, like, they're like artsy-fartsy. And they yeah, you, can, you can listen to some of these old heads telling stories about shooting geese over trash bags. Or cut or up tire. tires. Tire. I was say yeah. cut up car cut tires. Cut a tire up in three pieces and just lay it out there. Right. Yep. Well, like, I'm not pro Walmart. It's just Walmart that's there. I mean, there's so much stuff you can get at Walmart. They sell Realtree sweatshirts, coats, under 50 bucks. My miles. turkey vest is from Walmart, and right. I've used that bitch for like eight years now. Well, everybody jokes about, like, your phones are listening to us and they're watching us. And I was looking for waders when I first got into duck hunting. And I was looking on Amazon. I was looking on Bass Pro Cabela's. And I don't know if you know this or not. Maybe I'm dumb for not knowing. But this was a couple of years ago. But, like, Walmart sells stuff that's not theirs. Like, they sell other brands. You can just get through their website. So, Frog Tall Grand Chesapeake waders came up for $40 less than everywhere else through Walmart. Free shipping. They don't fit. You can take them back to Walmart. They'll give your money back to you. So I bought them, and that's the ones that have lasted me, you know, for whatever. We've talked – I mean, you talked about last time I was here, Mike, about just Bass Pro sucking now, you know. I mean, I still like going up there sometimes, but, like, to get cheap, affordable stuff, it's just – that ain't the place anymore. Honestly, go to Bass Pro Shop to take my son down there so he can run around and – Yeah, you drive an hour and a half to go up there, and you're pumped, and you have your gift cards, and you end up buying I – don't, I don't buy anything. I literally walk out with nothing. Well, I end up buying, like – the same hat, just a different color Bass Pro hat that I've had. It's you also know? weird that you go up there and there's like these little deals here and there, but they aren't what they used to be. Yeah. And then you go online 
like right. especially mm-hmm. Cabela's and you go online and they're owned by the Johnny Morris, mm-hmm. owned by Bass Pro, same company. And there'll be more deals online, which is one thing that's a little weird to me. It's like, it's, you know, what the fuck? But also like the de- the decoys that are on my jerk rig right now, I bought on sale in Bass Pro in the middle aisle. They had boxes stacked up of a dozen decoys for $40. I bought a dozen mallards that I've killed plenty of birds over. And I also still utilize to this day on my jerk rig. And they're lighter than my, uh, my hardcores, my big magnums that I have. They're lighter than that. And your big, what? It's the only magnum that I have. Okay. (laughs) And, uh, and so like these decoys that I still utilize to this day were $40 for a dozen. When I walked up to them 10 years ago or whatever it was, I was like, I can't not buy this. So Bass Pro used to have deals. Like they used to have the call section and there'd be calls for 50% off and you could blow the calls and all. And nowadays it's more like streamlined. They want you in, buy a cute flannel shirt and get the fuck out. Like it's, it's not what it used to be really. I got a Bass Pro to look at the fish in the tank. Well, that's why I took my son. That's literally all he wants to see. He wants to see the big fish tank and then we leave. I want to go see the giant 60 pound catfish somebody caught this year. (laughs) That's all I'm there for. I said the last time that we were here too, um, I'll go up there and like what you did, I'll, I'll take pictures of stuff or I'll write down stuff and you can go look it up online or their website or someplace Amazon else. Amazon will have it for <clears throat> yeah. $30 cheaper. Yeah, you know. Yeah, talk, talking about Bass Pro though, before we get off that, I did, the one cool thing that I did get this year that was $100 off was my kayak that anybody who follows the TikTok or Instagram or Facebook has seen the, the build that I'm doing on that. Um and that was a really cool purchase for me through Bass Pro. That's the only cool thing that I've gotten to purchase from Bass Pro in a long time. But I'm yeah. super amped on that. But if you don't mind me asking, what does an Ascend run right now? Eight ninety nine on sale right now. I think they're still on sale, but they're normally a thousand for the H twelve. The H ten. A lot of guys also duck out of the duck hunt out of the H ten. Um, obviously, it's ten foot H ten. The only problem i see is a lot of guys say that like you knew now have seen the room with this shorten that thing up two feet and your cubbies are so much smaller i mean that's your whole decoy bag pretty much in the back i actually i actually stripped that down in half to get that back there comfortably so i yeah that's that's a whole nother thing but the kayak build's been cool but you got you guys kind of saw it's been it's all diy like i i diy'd everything on it that blind grass stuff is legit yeah i know and um shout out to him because he told me he was gonna send me a little care package of shit and i was he asked me what size shirt i'm thinking shirt he sent me enough shit to brush the entire kayak that's awesome and i did not pay a dime so i'm going to buy i i do want a little bit more Mm -hmm. i still have more but i do want a little bit more um so i'm probably gonna buy a 65 dollar bundle and do a little bit more there's there's a guy that he sent me a picture of a kayak that I don't think I could paddle if I was this serious. It is bulky, but when it's up against some marsh grass, you can't see it. Yeah, like it is dead to rights. A duck's dying in front of that bitch. Like you can't see it at yeah, all. The last two guys you had on about duck hunting. I mean, that's what the whole industry and even just as friends needs to get back to. Just cool dudes sharing what they got, making a cool product, getting the name out there. Just 
sharing the love, I guess you'd say, man. Yeah. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not what it was. You know, I bring up the Outlaw Gunner book that's sitting there, but uh, even after the days of um, killing ducks for market, and even after it was illegal and guys still did it, when duck hunting really leveled out to a sport and not a way of life, even then the guys were still hunting over a few wooden decoys, wearing, you know, wax canvas jackets and, and going out with their buddies and shooting beat up shotguns. And now it seems it's hard for me because I don't come from money and I also don't have a lot of money. And so for me, as someone who's duck hunted seriously for years, I just watch what's around me. And I, when I need to go buy something, I go online and I'm looking it up and I'm like, that's a, like a foam layout pad, $130 for a Mo Marsh layout pad. It's a three inch piece of fucking foam. I could cut it out of a foam topper from Big Lots, <laughs> which I'm probably going to do and make my own. I could just make my fucking own mm -hmm. for like 20 bucks. And I could throw the rest of that bed topper away and just cut it out and make it myself. It's the same exact thing. And so I see this and I'm like, this and there's got there's so many kayak duck hunters that use things like this and i'm like i don't get it yeah like there's companies that make lighting systems for kayaks i just made that lighting system out of scrap i had here and 40 dollars of materials i already had the dewalt batteries i bought 23 dollar lights and i bought the switches for like 10 bucks and then the adapter for the dewalt thing off amazon for like 10 bucks whatever it was and I, and I legitimately, it's under $50. I made a lighting system that I can, I have interior lights. I can sit down and literally turn my toggle switches on and off. If I want to shut my, if I'm coming up on ducks, I want to throw my light off, my front light off, whoop, turn it right off. Like I, I made all of that with just two nights, three nights worth of work yeah. and engineering it myself. And I made it and I'm like, and these fucking people pay like $200 for internal light setups for kayaks not external and i'm like are you fucking stupid yeah you must be because you don't even know how to take some wires and put it together like, i want to know if you're stupid you are you must be well it goes back to what we're talking about from the beginning i mean there's just so much stuff that you can you can do make yourself um i know people that all over the shore will spend i mean how much are the guided hunts on there 150 200 a gun 300 a gun 250 it's and normally two. There's places again, and I'm not trying to harp on the state of Maryland, but there's places you can look up and with the right permits and license, you can go. And there's ducks there and people kill them. Well, I, the guided hunting is one thing I do understand because I used to not understand it for years. And then I've only ever been on one guided duck hunt, one guided hunt ever. And it was a duck hunt. And we went out of, we went on leased property okay. in Blackwater. And when we went uh, out there, yeah. we fucking slaughtered. No, I'm not. I'm and not. like, and so it was one of the best hunts I've ever had. And it, say if you were a type of hunter who, you're type of person who's so busy in life, right. you own a business or something, and you want to go duck hunting, but you want to make sure that you and your buddies get on bird, at least get on birds. Yeah, I could see paying for guided hunts. That's that's the catch twenty two because I'm not a guided hunt person. I don't do that. Yeah, I'm not against it. And it's there's definitely cool things. And again, we talked about the last time we were here, there's a place in Maryland that releases the the mallards out of the tower. And there's time and place for that. And I'm not against it. And if it came across a, a cool one, I would do. But again, there there is the point what I was saying is that you can just go 
Is it near public land? I mean, I think it is public land. I think it's through. I think it's down in Stevensville. It's just across the Bay Bridge. It's on public land. Yeah. And they just release the birds? I mean, I think it's a thing that you either have to pay for or apply for. Because <laughs> I'm fucking up down there. I'm, I'm I am not opposed to shooting ducks that have been grain fed because they're going to taste great. <laughs> and haven't seen water for yeah. two weeks. <laughs> if it's not on public land, it butts right up to public no, land. No, I think yeah. it's, they do that with, with deer in Marriott'sville. There's a, you can apply. My father-in-law is a roofer um, for a big company in Maryland. Your father-in-law is a Mexican? He he's, tells the Mexicans what to do. I mean, he could be, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> On delay pops. Let's go. But uh, he was down doing a, a roof job or giving a consult or something for DNR down in Marriott'sville. And they have a, it's a deer hunting thing. And they said, if you apply for this. Oh, is it the draw hunt? Yeah. No one yeah. knows about it. You're going to win. And they, they, these DNR guys push deer out. My dad's and, done it. Yeah. I don't know if it was in Marriott'sville, but yeah. Dad's dad said that they give you like a sector in front of the, your stand, mm-hmm. and they literally just push. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember the whole gist of it, but I know Dad said there were some giant bucks, but you weren't allowed to shoot bucks. It was a doe only thing. It's more for con- population. Yeah, it was control. population control, and some some little Asian guy like shot a fucking giant, <laughs> like it was right in front of his stand because they're stupid, and he dozed it. <laughs> and Dad's like, "Oh fuck!" But yeah, no, because they're stupid. <laughs> But <laughs> anyways, back to my stuff. Uh, another cool thing I take with me. Deer drive. I can't even drive. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, selfish. Back to me. <laughs> uh, recoup. Recoup. Catch your breath. Yeah. Yeah. Gear. What do you got next on the list? Uh, next on my list is uh, I have a pair and I, I, they're cool to me. They were my, I have a pair of my grandfather's old school Tasco binoculars and they had the old pleather, Strap, fake, yeah, yeah. strap. I know fake, which one. The fake gator skin case with the red them. velvet liner, yeah. right? Probably not a piece of plastic on them. And you know, I don't say this negatively. I wasn't that tight with my grandfather, so they're not sentimental, really, for that. They're just cool because they're old. He hunted a lot. Um, we take them with us everywhere. We hunt mostly on public land, but it's big water, and uh, you always look at the birds that skirt us that are out there on the water. You know, that's just a cool thing that I take with me. Just throwing this out there, FYI. Anybody knows any private lands to hunt that's got some birds? Hit us up. I have free stickers. Free <laughs> stickers. I'll take video with my phone. <laughs> but we have to shoot them first. It's after we shoot them. Yeah, we'll take let a video us do it on first. The ground. We'll no, make let, you. Let me ask you guys this. Because, Chris, I know you have one. Is there any, like... I don't want to say traditions, but like any anything that you take with you for good luck, food, to like little trinkets, whatever that you could take with you for good luck. I know Chris, it's an Italian sandwich. I get a BMT. And an every Itali- time I get a mouthful of that Italian meat, <laughs> there come the ducks. We shot black ducks in it. In His very first black duck, we're sitting at Aztec, and he goes to take the first big bite. And I'm Why would standing. you make that motion? <laughs> Two hands <laughs> Two right hands. to the mouth. Not sitting on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to take that first big bite, and I'm already standing up, getting ready to shoot. I'm like, drop the sandwich. Yeah. Well, okay. Almost the same scenario. We're at Cadoras. 12:30 in the afternoon. Right. We had literally. We were like, guess what? We're gonna do an afternoon hunt. Everybody took off work for the afternoon. We get there at 12:30. We stopped at Sheets on the way. Got a sandwich. We literally set up our decoys, sat down, went to break out the sandwiches, and here come canvas backs in 
the middle of the day. Right, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Smashed them. I mean, there's stuff that I like. I like taking gummy bears, um, all the healthy stuff. We had uh, chocolate donuts. Yeah. We had probably the world's worst beef jerky. What was it? Wild Bills or Bonco Some, Billies or something like that? Someplace it's up actually here in made PA. in Littlestown at Stone Point. Stony Point. I'm not knocking them. They're, that's a cool place. But we stopped at Wawa in Cambridge, right? Was it yeah. Cambridge? Yep. And I'm like, oh, it's a $4 bag of beef jerky. How bad can that be? Absolutely. It tasted like a boot. <laughs> like, a, like a boot. And we ate the whole pack. Like, I'm thinking if I get closer to the end, it's going to be bad. That's where the flavor is at, right? First off, you and Goldhammer ate the whole entire bag. Okay. I ate one little piece and about threw up. No shame in my game, whatever, bro. <laughs> normally, I, I don't eat a lot when I hunt, but normally I'm like, amp the fuck up. Yeah. But I do, deer, this is a deer hunting thing, but I, one, it, this all started one time I had zebra cakes in my pack and they were smashed flat because I'm on the mountain falling over and shit. And they were smashed flat and dad comes, dad did like a little skirt deer drive through some thicket to me. He was wearing and a skirt or he skirted the mountain? He skirted the mountain. Okay. And the deer, the deer dropped down below us, and I'm sitting there, and he's sitting there, and I, I'm hungry. I pull out these zebra cakes, open the pack up. We're joking about them, and I literally was like, "This is what I should have ate earlier," because everybody loves a zebra cake, even a deer. And I took a bite of it and looked over, and there was a doe walking up the ridge that he had pulled out of this thicket, and it came back up on that side, and I just picked my gun up and shot it. <laughs> I was like. Damn! So like uh-huh. the whole camp now, everybody jokes about. It's like the zebra cake. Well, thing. I, have, I have a funny, probably offensive story, but I'll tell it anyways. So I don't know how you guys do, but if we hunt locally, so we hunt public land, and the one we've talked about a bunch on the show. Whoever listens to it, but like Cadoras, where we hunt, is like the one launch is literally five minutes from my house. So rather than getting dressed in the cold in the parking lot, I'll put my waders on at the house. And I'll go to the store, stop at Turkey Hill, stop at Sheets. And I can't confirm it, but I'm pretty sure the guy that works overnight at Turkey Hill is gay as the day is long. And I left my sunglasses at home. So I said, first thing we talked about was I like to have a pair of sunglasses with me. So I'm buying this pair of sunglasses. And I'm trying to look in the little, little mirror on the stand that's been there for like 20 years. And this dude goes, don't worry about that mirror. You look great. And I'm like, okay, it's four in the morning. Come over. Yeah, he's been up on nice, feeling a little frisky. Hey, whatever. It's totally cool. It's totally cool. So I was like, thanks. Always talks to me, always very nice. Came in there next time, got on my camera, and he goes, "Mm, what you hunting today? And just me, like, being an asshole, I'm like, I don't know, whatever walks out in front of me. And he goes, "Mm, I hope I don't walk out in front of you. And I'm like, what? Okay. That's not offensive. That's sexual harassment. You should have called the police. I just accepted it now. Did he give you your stuff for free? No. Wait, w- women don't accept that. Why would you accept it? You want to go down that route? Because <laughs> <laughs> when you're no. 40 years old, <laughs> no. you take what you can get. <laughs> $5 is $5. <laughs> That's the end of the story. I don't. There's nothing else I can say now. Sexual harassment panda, I guess I need. Remember when we took those chocolate donuts with us and Goldie thought he broke a tooth because they were frozen? Froze. Yeah. One thing that, that I take a lot, we take a lot, is uh night before I'll go get a nice fifth of Crown Royal, uh, normally peach, if I can get a hold of it. Because if, if we're hunting local, I don't fuck the cop. And if, and if it's fucking local, <laughs> I will drink 
some crown in the morning when it's like 10 degrees out. Also, uh, keystones do not hold up at about 18 to 22 degrees. They start to bubble up out of the top. So you got to take some liquor because it's the only thing that holds up. You know what else doesn't hold up when it gets cold? Skittles. Oh, yeah. What do they get? Rock they will break your teeth. Teeth breakers, yeah. That's probably why we didn't kill ducks that one day because we're out there crunching on the fucking yeah. colored rocks. That- we are definitely snackers when we hunt. <laughs> Not duck hunt, a snack. Duck oh, yeah. hunting is definitely bad because we'll sit. Like when me and you went out to that one blind, we sat there and ate the whole time we the were out there. entire time we'll we take, were there. I mean, that goes in. One of the next things I'll talk about, and I'll take a sentimental route with it, is that like I won a Yeti uh, thermos. So when I take my boys out with me, we'll always go get hot chocolates and those things. Fill them up, and that's just a rad, cool little thing, you know. Taking the kids out with you, getting to go outside. Um, yeah, when I was little, I remember my dad would be like, "You want to go along?" And it, yeah, yeah. And he would always make sure there were snacks, so that I, an hour in, I was like, "All right, it's cold." He's like, "Well, here's a candy bar or something." Yeah. Well, I I'd always take the kids to Turkey Hill or Sheets or whatever Wawa gas stations around, and they can get whatever they want, no matter what time it is. And my oldest boy, Josh. You know, my brother Josh here and Lee, you know, they all call him Uncle Lee. My oldest boy's real mature, so he's getting semi-sensible stuff. If I take my second son, he's, like, getting the biggest little Debbie Brownie he can find, the biggest Hershey bar uh, thing of Turkey Hill lemonade, and just, just pounding the sugar down, and a cheese stick. He'll probably get a cheese stick. <laughs> <laughs> can't, beat a, can't beat a mozzarella stick while you're hunting. I'm sorry. What about Uncrustables, huh? Who's on the Uncrustable team? Oh, yeah. Uncrustables all the way. Now, wait. Uh, 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 strawberry or grape? Strawberry. Grapes for the dude <laughs> to Turkey Hill. <laughs> yeah, I don't eat. I normally don't eat. I just have two cans of chew and stare at the decoys until it's time to pick them up. Because <laughs> I get, fu- I get like, when I even deer hunting, like, I'm just, like, zoned the fuck in. Like, I got I to gotta go. Got to kill shit. Oh, you're showing me what you're, where you at? I said, look at number five. Yeah. Right. Hot chalky. Hot chalky. What about cigars? You like taking cigars with you? So I do because I'm a cigar person. Um, nobody I hunt with is a cigar person. So I, like, I'll buy nice cigars because there's a couple really good cigar shops. No, there's one good one. Then there's Union downtown. I wish I would have known that. that tonight. But, like, I'll, I'll go to the little lady who owns a shop down here off 97. And I'll get some cigars, and then I'll go out, and like at 9 a.m., we've only shot one common merganser and shot at a kingfisher, and I'm like, fuck. Get, get out of, I get out of fucking, uh, get the hooch out, and I got fucking cigars. And like I'm snipping off cigars, and everybody's like, I don't want one of those. I don't want one of those. And I'm like, well, fuck. I do, but I feel real stupid standing here smoking a goddamn hour-long cigar by myself you guys are all walking around shit, and I'm enjoying a cigar. Like, fuck them. We got addicted to, literally and figuratively, the uh, Backwoods Honey Bourbon uh, cigars. We take those with mm-hmm. us. You know, just get them from Sheets. They're good. I've had good cigars, and I've paid money for cigars. But You like a- flavored cigars more than, like, regular cigars? Yes and no. I mean. Because, like, if you're going to bitch at me about the hand warmers, I'm getting ready to fucking. Listen, no, listen, listen. you can't reach across this table. I also, like inha- I also inhale cigars okay, because well, I'm a loser well. because I want to die early. So I'm like, 
Like it's a cigarette. I burn that bitch down to the nubs. I'm not, I'm not getting a $25 cigar and he's buying them from Sheets. <laughs> he's there's, buying them from Sheets. There's nothing wrong with a Sheets cigar. <laughs> I mean, like I like the honey bourbon ones. I like to taste the tobacco. So I like a good, strong cigar. Oh, he's getting out his box. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? The Black Bettys that uh, Martin got us up to. <laughs> Beep. I'm just kidding. There's not. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I like those. Um, if I go to Sheets, I like the Dutch Master cigars. I'm not getting like grape or mango flavored stuff like that. You know. You're not getting re-rollable cigars? That's, yes. Is that what you're saying? Is this a butane lighter? Because I'll burn myself with it. <laughs> I'll turn, turn your hand to pizza cheese. Uh. <laughs> Don't smoke the microphone. What it's, about you, Lee? Are you showing us these or can we have these? It's funny he brings up cigars, though, because we keep talking that we're going to all get together and sit out in the duck blind and smoke cigars, but we haven't yet. No, you haven't. Because I haven't been to Cadors with you guys. Oh, come yeah. out. Well, when we go to Aztec this year, the 50 of us that are going down. Yeah, how many them. How many people are going? Before I lift this all up, you're not just showing us these, right? No, tear okay. them up. I smoked the other two on vacation. I had four of them. I don't know who's I got one of them stoked. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't know who's on. I know there. you're going. Uh-huh. Is He said Mike said he didn't want to go because during the damn rut. Get the fuck mm-hmm. out of here. Come on, man. It's a good time. No, no, hold on, hold on. I've said it before, I'll say it again, I've said it a million times. I hunt everything. So there's a there's a certain segment of bow season that I'm locked the fuck in, and it's when you guys go down. I'm a late season duck hunter. I, I I'll I'll hunt the first split. I will hunt the second split, but only like one day. And nor, normally I that's just a layoff a deer spot. I, I don't I normally focus on deer. This is what a man does. They open the cigar. I poke it in the butthole. You said that, and it's recorded. It's fine. I'm talking about <laughs> Turkey Hill, buddy. <laughs> I was going to make a comment, but all right. Say it. No, no, no. I was going to do a Turkey Hill. You, oh, okay. you already had it. Somebody at that Turkey Hill won the lottery, and if it was him, maybe I was going to. Hey, buddy. I'll be gay for a minute. I was going to, you know, maybe accept some of his advances. I'm not gay, but $200 million is $200 million. Oh, my God. Yeah, those those cigars, I bought those. I don't don't think they're, I usually, the ones I usually buy are better than those. But those are, they're decent. The ones I usually buy are better. But the ones I usually buy, inflation pushed them up uh, $5 a pop. Yeah. So now I was now I'm paying eleven fifty or twelve dollars a piece for the ones I normally buy, and I was like, I was gonna share these with people on the shore, and I'm like, eh, I don't know if I want. <laughs> Let's go, Brandon. Inflation, <laughs> dude. I'm not shitting. Like I go to the grocery store now and look at produce prices. I'm like, holy time. shit. The other day I went in and I thought I was doing good, and I spent as much as I used to spend. And I thought I did really good. I'm like, I'll buy only store brand stuff and I'll, I'll get my vegetables, but I only buy. No, it was still the same price. I'm like, fuck, man. Yeah, we spent all my 8 million kids good junk. And I buy beef. I buy beef from a farmer and stuff. So I don't even buy that stuff. It's just daily stuff. And 
whatever. That's a stories for a different day. Let's talk about fun duck hunting stuff where we can spend our money and not feed the kids. Well, you rip on me for not going down because it's the rut, but I don't even buy beef because we only eat deer meat in this house. That's how I am. That's all I eat is deer meat. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't. I don't not eat beef because I don't like it. I don't. I, feel, I, feel I don't attacked. eat beef because I'm not. I don't have that much money. Because I just spent a few thousand dollars on a podcast studio. We're canceling you, Chris. You're canceled. It's fine, dude. I'm out. Get, get out. I'm out. I go eat my fucking ribeyes <laughs> and my roast beef. Smoke my flavored cigars with my buddy from Turkey Hill. Okay. No, I, I, I do. I do miss a good roast beef. When I was growing up, my mom would make fucking roast beef all the time. I will bring I you roast. roast I have roast. You want a roast? I'll bring it up. No, I can get them it's from our Mason. Third date. I can get them it's from our Mason date. too. <laughs> Let me give you my meat. <laughs> oh God, we're already at third base. <laughs> At least the stickers I gave you were wrapped up, right? It came with protection. I'm not spitting on it. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> are you going to do this one as an LDA one, or are we just using this one as the dudes are here? We're just going off the rails. Well, we're doing the gear show. The gear show. <laughs> I'm going to get you off the rails in a minute. I already talked about it on the way up here. If you, it, if you want to... We can make it two, and I can do a gear show, and then I can stash one for later. I'm here. I'm queer, and I'm ready to rock. <laughs> All right, how about we do that then? Let's go back in on the gear, okay? And we'll do a gear show. Everybody can actually learn some shit. They already yeah. did, but learn learn some shit. We're back on the rails. Last time we got off the rails talking about beavers and, and stripper names so, and bluegills. And so that. one, you and guys talked about basement. sentimental things. One thing that's sentimental to us, and I, I go back to deer hunting a lot because that's my family. I'm the I'm the first big waterfowl hunter in my family. Well, my family has always been big into deer and turkey. Um, and deer hunting, my, my grandfather shot a big nine point in the mountain when he was still hammered drunk in the morning, took all nine shots or whatever it is in that fucking uh, – <laughs> 32 Winchester special. <laughs> like he, he, he Swiss cheese peppered the motherfucker. Was he the guy on the They're recent rolling. Bear Grease? And uh, who? Did you listen to that one? Oh, no. Well, no, but like my grandfather did the same type of shit. He just, just saw came, deer came up on this fucking deer. He actually saw it rubbing a tree and was like, hung, still drunk, like, what the fuck is that? And just started unloading. It was back when you could shoot does and bucks. So they were like, he just started shooting and ended up being this huge nine points at my dad's house on the wall but that gun is that 32 winchester special winchester model 90 i can't 95 i can't 94. remember 94 and that gun we still take it out like down in the mountain dad takes it in the gun case and somebody always takes that gun out at least once a week that's like an um, an homage to my grandfather and then also my great-grandfather and Marty, who used to hunt with us down there, their ashes are spread in two different spots on the mountain. And we all kind of go hunt those. We have certain areas on the mountain that are certain spots for people, but also these spots are like sentimental because there's ashes spread there, and they're good spots. People still kill deer, deer there. So that's a it's kind of a cool thing that, that we do. Yeah, our dad's got an old... We mentioned it one of the last times we were here, uh, a 308 lever action. I don't even know what is it a Remington? It's a Remington, yeah. That all like he's it was his dad's and then he shot deer with it, and all our brothers have killed deer with it, our nephews killed deer with it. 
easy to hand. Just a cool thing. Just it just rad like that. And I had my dad's, and you have our grandfather, same model, Josh. Uh, like 870 Wingmaster. I mean, I don't know how many ducks and pheasants and groundhogs, anything we killed that with those all, things. That was all I used duck hunting for the yeah. first two years. Yeah. Built-in choke, just long barrel. Just, yeah, just you, long kill, barrel. you killed ducks with an 870? Mm-hmm. No shit. I didn't think people did that. It's <laughs> not what Benelli says. <laughs> That's what I killed the canvas backs with. What do you have now? A Stoger. 12 back. Dad has a Benelli now. Yeah, dad has a Benelli. I, got, I bought a Stoger pump. I, I don't believe in semi-automatic shotguns. You guys can go off the rails on me on this. All you want to right now. I don't like a semi-automatic. I never shotgun. did for a long time until I started shooting my sto- my first Stoger. And now I'm like, I don't want to pump that motherfucker anymore. Well, no, see, I, <laughs> like, I, nice. I bought a semi-automatic and it blew apart on me. Oh, shit. So fuck that. I can I can shoot my pump action shotgun as fast as any of you guys can shoot. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I I grew up on a Mossberg five hundred, so I was the same way. But then once you get into the semi automatics, you kind of lose that muscle one, memory. One thing that a pump does, and it helps a lot of people who shoot semi automatics, is if you don't if you don't take your time to reset on birds. I've seen I've watched guys dump a, three shells, boom boom boom, into a group of birds, and their wad fly left to right, boom, on the same line into a group of birds. When you have a pump gun, you, you almost reset yourself. Oh, yeah. completely. Yeah. And, and so you have to, like, doom, doom, and then rebead. And a lot of guys with semi-autos will just, like, they're, like we're on the bay, and I'm not, I'm not talking shit, but, like, we're on the bay. Sometimes my buddies might throw up and shoot at birds 50, 60 yards, passing, like, buffalo heads, and I'm like, I don't even pick my gun up. And they're like, what are yeah. you doing? I'm like, I knew I couldn't hit them. So I'm not going to waste the shells that cost $25 a fucking box. Like, that's that's just how I, I'm just kind of like that. But Yeah, I'm the same way. It actually took me a little bit to my muscle memory when I did switch over uh, to a semi-automatic. Just realized I didn't have to do that. Just you can keep going. And now I'm the opposite. I'm what Josh and you guys just talked about. They're coming in, and I got shots. I mean, I'm shooting three shots. And Well, you know, yeah, no, if you if you don't squeeze seconds. a trick, my grandfather's – only my grandfather is a great – gun deer hunter he can't he's not an archery hunter anything my dad tried to get him into it he actually missed a deer so many times he pulled out his 44 and shot the fucking deer (laughs) but my grandfather is his only word of advice to anybody hunting anything is if you do not squeeze that trigger you don't know right and so that's kind of how we grew up hunting but in waterfowl hunting it it transitioned the way i thought because like i said i don't have a lot of money and i was like I really don't want to go shooting all my shells all to hell. So I kind of repositioned the way that I thought about waterfowl hunting and, and what shots I could make and setting deep. That's a, that's a little tip for people setting decoys with the wind, setting yourself up and setting your decoys with the wind in a way that it looks natural, but at least in a passing shot, you can still get a close shot. I know a lot of guys that aren't good shots who are just, trying to stretch shots and right. you know, miss 75% of the time. And they still have a great time. Don't get me wrong. I'm just the type of person. I'm like, I'm going to save my money because I, I don't like buying a bunch of new shit all the time. So, yeah. and see, I want to start doing knock me if you want to, uh, I've followed a couple of these guys on YouTube and stuff that will take out a 16 gauge or a 20 gauge and start trying their skill at a lower powered shotgun. And I want to start doing that. I've seen these guys kill ducks with ten uh, uh, four tens. 
Well, you smashed a bunch of black ducks with the other year, the other year with your 20 gauge. Yeah. Your uh, wife's 20 gauge. Hey, hey. Yeah, I well, bought 20, 20 gauges gauge are the rage right now. Yeah. Anyway, everybody's using them. I would I would give away my tw- uh, 12 gauge to get a new 20 gauge. Hey, Lee, you remember when Chris tried to shoot the pheasants with the 20 gauge? <laughs> we talked about it. <laughs> hey, what's, about. what sort of uh, 12 gauge do you have? I have the Remington Versamax. All right. So would you take a 20 gauge Stoger? No. Wheel and deal. Mind. Trying to trade, are we? <laughs> I bought the wife a uh, Winchester. Let me let's let's backtrack. SX4. This, this dude gave you beer and cigars <laughs> and is putting you on his fucking show, and you're going to tell him no For, to first a deal. Off, I need that 12 no, gauge no, when I go to Massachusetts in a couple months. Well, no, that's the reason that I haven't transitioned or even thought about transitioning. One, I already have two, tw- three 12 gauges, but also I I keep. My 12 gauge Stogers, because if one something goes wrong and I want to go on a goose hunt or I want to go or in spring, one of them's messed up and I'm going turkey hunting, I have a 12 gauge. And I, I've killed turkeys with 20 gauges and shit. And I know people do it like I'm just a, a 22. Blow my shoulder off and fuck it, let's go. Like I don't shoot that many times anyway. Yeah. So I, that's just how I am. I'm going to throw lead at them. Because I mean, I. Going back to the sentimental guns. Steel, not lead. I do not shoot lead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Going <laughs> back to the sentimental path. guns. When uh, my uncle not passed always. away, <laughs> uh, I inherited a bunch of guns from him. And I've got a 20-gauge and a 12-gauge matching pair of 1100s. But they're blue-steeled wood stocks. I'm not taking them out into the marsh. Oh, look at me. <laughs> blue steel. With my Rogers waiters. Know <laughs> <laughs> what else he uses? You can also hunt on what a budget. What else does he hunt over? What, what, else you, he... what are you going to throw out the avian X decoys? Yeah. I already know you're going I'm going to talk about them too. Whatever. I've got thing. a couple of them. That's not the only thing I hunt with. But uh, when we do the pheasant hunts through 3B, I like to take out the old uh, 1100 that my grand, or my it was my grandfather's then my uncle gave it to me that they used hunting for years. I mean, that's what they hunted pheasants in Maryland when we had them. Years ago, so it's it's nice to take something like that out, and then deer hunting. I have a uh, Remington seven hundred, uh, chambered in two eighty, and that was yeah, my uncle's. I got an odd six, and he that was his go to rifle, and I've killed plenty of deer with it. Um, yeah. So every now and then, when I want to get sentimental and just go sit in the woods with something like that, that's 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 cool to do. But all right, Chris, hit the list. What else you got? My list. So my brother in law is a welder for a big construction company. And we hunt a lot of streams and rivers, probably like you do, Mike. And even with a dog or there's some of these places are, are not big enough for a boat. If you have a kayak, you can get in. If it's frozen, it's more of a pain in the butt. Some of the places are a little too deep for a, even a dog. So I had said online, I want to try to buy a treble hook. He said, dude, don't, don't buy one. I'll make you one. So he made us a cool looking treble hook and it's aluminum and it's light. I, and, I'm just going to let you know that I've tried this. Yeah. And it's a fucking pain in the ass. The only thing that we like it for is getting decoys out. I put it, it's easy to throw. This one we got it the handle is rebar, the handle, the base the of frame. rebar. Yeah. yeah. And you can throw it like a baseball. And we'll get I decoys and stuff out with it. It's just a cool thing we always have with us. Um I even just went to the Dollar Tree or the fucking Dollar Twenty Five Tree now. Brandon, thanks again. And uh they have like 500 pound like polypropylene rope. You know, I wouldn't climb a tree with it, but I mean, for stuff like that, just to throw around 50 foot of rope on this thing and getting decoys or even just one of the first mallards I killed the other year was in this stream. And my friend was like, that I hunt with was like, I'll bring my waders. It's right down the road from my house. You don't have to wear your waders. 
So I shoot this duck and it starts floating down the tree. I don't have waders on. I have hiking boots. It's 15 degrees outside. I have a funny video of him in the water swimming to get this duck because he's like, well, I told you not to bring your waders so I could get it. But if I would have had this treble hook, he wouldn't have looked like uh, Team Edward from Twilight because his eyelashes <laughs> were definitely frozen when he got out of the water. Sparkle. Yeah. But that's, a, that's, a, that's a, just a rad thing that he made for us that we take with us. And uh, I know a buddy of mine used to have a – it was made by Avery or somebody. It was an extendable pole for yeah. decoys, but it would also – like you got, you especially one, with geese, like it would work good if they were out in the middle of a pond or something. Yes. You couldn't get to them. We'd extend it out and throw the, the hook over top of their neck and pull them in. I've got one that goes from, what, four foot out to 16 foot, I think. Yeah, and that's really nice yeah. when we get acidity because there's some spots that – it looks like you can walk, but you can't. And if they get into the weeds in the marsh. Yeah. We, no. We, They're like 12 or 15 foot wide. It's you're in a little gut that's that wide. You can literally just take that, hook it, and bring them back in. Let's instead get of back trying to, to hunting on a budget. You can go to Lowe's and you can buy a Fiskars extendable pole saw, take the saw blade off of it, and tape a hanger hook on it, and you have the exact same thing. Oh, we, we made one of those for decoys with just an old broom handle. And, uh, yeah. I actually took this last year. I bought a bunch of decoys from my cousin who had the old. I can't remember what they're called. What's the the lead J hooks? The lead J hooks you can form and mold and change the shape of the real light. And I just took that and electrotaped the end and made a hook out of it. That's what we use for decoy pullers. Something else you can do that's real cheap. And people that are local here might know that we're talking about. Not too far from us is a flea market, uh, Morningstar up in Thomasville, and they have that weird kind of Asian section in the middle. Have you ever been up there? If you're looking wow. for anything in the world, so they have a section that's inside. It's like flea market and there's like stores. Outside is like yard sale. And you can be like the most random thing in the world. Josh down up there the other year. He goes, I want an acoustic guitar. Yeah. Black found, acoustic guitar. I found one for 15 bucks. I wanted like an old. And for some reason, when you look for stuff, you can't find it. I wanted an old like bench vice, like an old school one, like a heavy duty one. Couldn't find one. I went up there. I found one for 10 bucks. But they have this section in the middle of this place that, in the actual building, there's like an Asian section and uh, it's like Ally Express. We were talking about last time, but in person mm -hmm. and they have these extendable fishing nets and they're not heavy duty. I wouldn't use them for anything like that. They don't, it's not the type of material that you know, your hooks are going to get, not get hooked on. But we had one of those on the boat for years because it extends like 10 foot for getting ducks and, and <clears> stuff <throat> like that. So, and it was, it was 10 bucks. Well, before yeah. I bought mine, I mean, my dad painted for years. That's what he did is for a living. So we just used old extension Rolling poles. Oh, yeah. That's what we used for forever until... Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, you get one that a lot of the ones he had, I think, were like 10 or 15 feet. And it's the same thing, same exact thing, just Avery slapped on their name and painted it green. And well, that's, that's that's exactly what I was. we were talking about earlier is legitimately when I did the kayak build, I did the kayak build because money's a little tight right now. And I was like, you know what? Instead of buying a $200 blind... I got some old PVC laying around that's already spray painted because I used it for a boat blind. And I already have some material laying around and I made this blind. And uh, I I actually, the way it paddles and the way I'm going to sit in this thing and shit, I'm like happier than I would have been with an, an elevated blind that's right. built for it. And I I'm like really, because I'm a short guy, so I, I needed it to be pretty low profile. And it is, and I, I'm like so pumped up about because I'm like yeah, the way you all I had to do was stop. I would sometimes there's a fold out chair over there. I would sit in that chair in the evenings and just stare at it. What I needed to do, 
and I would think and think and think and think and I'd do, and something would come to me and I would do it. I'd go to Ace the next day. I'd go to Lowe's the next day, pick up something I needed, come back, and it might be $5. Come back home. That $5 may have gotten me another 10% done of what I needed to do. Instead of spending $200 in the blind, buying all new raffia grass blind material, I pulled the old raffia grass off my old layout blind. I got the blind grass you know, from that guy, the, the blind grass camo systems, and I've made a blind with literally a, a build that probably was going to cost me with the lighting. If I'd have bought the legitimate lighting for it with the battery, that build may have cost me $1,500 plus. And I'm sitting at like right around $1,000 right now. And it's huntable right now. Like I have a couple little tweaks to do, but it's huntable right now. The way you built it, I texted you the other day, the way you built it. I didn't even think about it because it's like a layout blind. That's what that's what I thought it was when you sent me the pictures of it. Yeah, it's just it's just pretty rad. Talk about sentimental things, Lee. And I copied this from you and your brother. Talk about uh, that laminated book that your brother has for bird identification. I don't know what the name of it is. It's a <clears throat> it's a book that somebody had made back in the seventies or eighties, and it literally page by page breaks it down to every species of duck and it breaks it into puddle ducks diver ducks sea ducks then geese and it uh displays like their beaks uh their wings um and their flight patterns uh so like mallards and black ducks fly super high yeah uh your diver ducks fly right on the water so it literally breaks it down and it helped us with the common mcgansers yeah because the female common mcgansers and the female red breast mcgansers look exactly the same except for the nose holes on the beaks well, it's and same thing. It's free. U- U.S. Department of Fish and Wildlife has it's the book that you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. And I, I can't remember what it's called. Somebody had taken that book and shrunk it down into a what four four inch by eight inch book, and then my brother laminated them, poked holes in them, and we all have them. And it's came in great use. So I mean, having that, I I carry that every time. Yeah. We go well, out. so. You can go online and do it for free. You can buy the book on Amazon, but you can go online and get, and just copy it for free. And I use that when we teach the kids stuff. This is all cool. You can do this for free. It's right here. I, I made one that we don't use anymore, uh, just laminated. It has just pictures of ducks and their profiles on it. You're saying we don't use that anymore. You know where that is? That is in the dash of my truck, and it has been there since the day you gave it to me, and I have looked at it. Probably 2,000 times. Now, Joshua, sir, when, when would this have come in handy? <laughs> when you shot those kingfishers. <laughs> when the grebe no. came by and I threw three shells at it? <laughs> when... No, in the moment, you're not going to be like, hold on and pull uh, out your paper. <laughs> let me pull out my card. That's here. a grebe. Don't shoot it. <laughs> No, but I, my brother gave me that book, and he's like, if you want to start duck hunting with us and you want to get serious about it, this is the best thing to use to learn about the species that we're shooting. So that's he, what I he, learned how to. I have one that's just a laminated page. The one that, that Lee's talking about, his brother took the time, and back in the day probably went to like Kinko's or yeah, laminated. place, and ha- it's on a ring, and you can flip through it and stuff. And especially down the shore where you're going to see a bunch of different stuff that some of it you can shoot. And some of it you can shoot, like down by where you live, there's stuff you can shoot. And up here, you're like, I don't even know what that is. Um, but I w- w- when could Lee have used that, John? Lee probably could have used the identification book 
when shooting a hybrid black duck mallard combo. <laughs> no, I should have just contacted Garrett Martin. He would have told me what it was. But Yeah, no, that's one of the weirder stories. I've never heard of anybody like throwing away a fucking hybrid. Fuck it. I don't need it. It's a young mallard. First off, I didn't throw it away. It went to... A good person who I, decided to grill it up and eat it that oh, day. Oh, yeah. I ate it that day. <laughs> but no, that's that's good. It's just in the moment, it's kind of like a throwaway when oh, it's, yeah. when it's it one of those fucking birds, for sure. But it goes like your your black ducks that are hanging on your wall now yeah. that Garrett just did. He yeah. realized that after he mounted that bird, your black duck is like 25%. Mounted. Yeah, they have. You could tell by, I didn't know this, and maybe people out there are like, duh, you dumbass, but. They got bigger dick. They do. Because of what? Because they're black ducks? (laughs) No, it's just a genetic thing. No. But they have... uh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) They have uh, more white on their speculums. I have more, but I won't say. Say it. No. Okay. Not on the gear show. Okay. But no, they have more white on the bottom of their speculum feathers instead of... Well, the first black duck I killed, well, they mean your brother shot. That was like that actually had green in its head. I think no. you were just trying to make him feel good. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, man, it's 25% black duck, dude. That's fine. That's fine. You can get cheaper schools because you're you're a quarter black duck. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are talking about the laminated sheet. Uh, one thing some guys I know that do down the shore that hunt a few different states, they actually laminate every year. It's kind of a pain in the dick, but they laminate every state and every area's regulations. Mm-hmm. And that way, if, like, bag, DNR comes up limits. on them, yeah. they'll, they can legitimately be like, here. Like, I, I know what I'm looking at. So Josh they, they kind of do that. Josh Brooke has nose. My nasal spray again. Yep. <laughs> every time I'm on here. No, I mean, it, and, and again, without harping, I mean, the, the information that's out there that's free and is accessible. Well, in Maryland, DNR, if you look through the book, it actually gives you a nice little pocket size that you can cut out and laminate. That's real small, all of the bag limits for your waterfowl. So I'll tell you what I have that's become really cool. Sentimental reasons, too, for me, um, but that I've used the last couple of years, and I bought you one, is uh, Amazon has it for 10 bucks. You can actually get a duck hunting log book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, it has everything from the temperature to the conditions, what you're hunting and stuff like that. And it, I bought it more for – I'm very sentimental – we talked about it a couple of times. I know you here. keep bringing it up. You got a boyfriend at Turkey Hill. <laughs> well, he would like to have his book if something happens to me. So. so here's my question. Do you go back like this year in October? Are you going to go back and look and be like, all right, this was the condition. This is what happened. For hunting or for the guy at Turkey Hill? <laughs> <laughs> I think the guy at Turkey Hill, it can be raining or not. It doesn't matter. Um, but no, for for hunting, yeah. I mean, there I you mean go. a little bit. It's it's more. I do it for deer. That's why I ask. Right. I do it for deer. I, did, I have one for deer, and I have one for fishing. Not that that really matters, but just to write down, hey, I went fishing this day, and I'm real sentimental with pictures and and all that stuff. So I even have stuff like that in it. Um, the duck hunting one, I will a little bit, like especially like when we go to Assateague, we've kind of found some trends with the warmer weather and the winds the winds and stuff like that because where we hunt in this one gut and jetty and it goes back to the motion thing if there's no, nothing moving at all there i mean it is literally glass yeah you know i mean what you guys said before you can see the bottom from the the blind that we hunt out of is what 15 20 feet off the yeah, water 15 20 feet off the water and you can see the bottom you can see even out in the water you can see horseshoe crabs whatever trolling around out there so um we will use it for that, and we might say, okay, let's 
this is what it was like last year. Last two times he went, let's try the other side where the wind's more open. And we did that last year, and you guys killed a bunch of, of buffalo heads right off the bat. Yep, yep, yep. Well, that's cool. Then I did, yeah, I didn't know if pe- if people utilized, because like with deer, tri- this is more trail cam picks, but also I kind of put them in my on my laptop, and then I can go back and be like, all right, this deer was here November fifteenth in the rut. He came through here, and it might only be a two and a half year old deer, and then the next year he's three and a half, and I I see him again. Right. So like I I kind of get the the vibe that way of what's gonna happen. I know he's dead if I don't see him again. In the same area, he's probably dead. Yeah. We had a big 10-point last year that did, like, late October, October 26th. He walked right in front of one of my tree stands on, like, a Wednesday. And I hunted that Friday, and I never saw that buck. And then I had a – we hunted hard those two weeks because we thought he'd be back. And he, he was, like, a four-and-a-half-year-old deer the year before. He never showed back up. So we're almost certain I mean, he got killed. Some but. of the stuff, looking back, is common sense. Okay, I know it's not cold yet. We're not going to see as much stuff. I have found the one place that we we're talking about where we use the treble hook that's local, that just from trial and error and keeping track of it, it's not even worth it going there before December. Now, and we get antsy. You need it to be cold as shit up north to push birds. Right. In. It's got to be cold, and it's got to be cold because it's, it's a stream, river type area. You need the ponds crusted. Right. So that then they're going to hit there. And that's kind of common sense stuff, but it's also that we've looked over. But I'll also, it's got a little comment section in. I'll write little notes in it like, took the boys with me. Josh went with me. Lee went with me. We had really shitty beef jerky. <laughs> or the one year we went down. I mean, literally, it was a day after Christmas. We went to Assateague, and it was 60 degrees. And we killed some ducks. But then we literally took our waders off, have our shorts on, we're eating pizza on the boardwalk in Ocean City and our shorts like it's July. So I'll put little anecdotes and notes in there like that. I like keeping all that stuff. Maybe somebody will one day like to see it. I don't know. It's more, I don't want to say therapeutic, but it's just, that's just how my brain works. I'm, I'm a list guy, writing lists, doing notes. Sketching. This year I'm going to start, I told you, I'm going to start doing it this year because I do want to have like a log to look back. It's more for deer hunting, but I do want to have a log to look back on in the future and kind of put things together because right. some of the most successful hunters, especially deer hunters mm-hmm. do that. They, they kind of put it all together. Right. So, so Chris, Chris bought me this log book last year and it was probably a two month span out of Cadoris. The weather went from one extreme to the other. It was warm and sunny for, you know, two or three weekends in a row. Mm-hmm. And then the next three or four, it got really cold. It was and, like eight degrees the one day. Yeah. And because of that log book, like, we would hunt the same spot, but we would hunt in a spot where we could see, you know, three or four hundred yards. You could see all the way across the lake. And, you know, if it's sunny and no wind, the ducks are going to land here. And they did it consistently. When it's cold, you know, it's eight degrees, 20 mile an hour winds. The, the ducks are going into these coves. Yep. They're getting out of the wind. And keeping that stuff written down is going to help us right. this upcoming year when so we can watch the weather. Because people... Though they or they uh, they raffle off blind spots out there, it's 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 public hunting, and as long as you're within a certain or outside of a certain distance from somebody, you can hunt anywhere. So, yeah. So this year, when you guys are out there watching that 400 yards, I'm gonna be back in there in the kayak <laughs> in the little fucking cove. Yeah. I'm gonna be pulling out my uh, binoculars. I talked about. I'm like, 
There's a floating bush out there. <laughs> a bunch of weird smoke, and I think I see a crown royal. Who? It look. It looks like it's tipped over. Oh, it looks like the guy's trying to swim. It's a, just me and a hundred feet of water, fucking pa- doggy paddle. That guy looks really short. Jesus Christ! Just punch him. It's okay. You're right there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, that's good. That's good. I, I've lived with that my whole life. That's cool. Josh and I, because people can't see us because we're on a podcast. I'm six four. How are you? Six five. I'm six four or six five. Something somewhere in there. How tall are you, Lee? Taller than Mike. Five eleven. I'm five six five. I five. always say I'm six foot just to get that extra inch in there. But my eleven my year old son is five four. How long have you been trying I, to get that extra I, inch? I, in I always I always say I'm five a inches. Long time. <laughs> nah, yeah. Uh, I I think I think the book idea is really cool. I, I think that's something that I'm going to do that I actually didn't do in turkey season. And I was pissed because the final day of turkey season, I learned something that I, I, I learned it. So I'll have it, but I wish I would have had a logbook to write it down. It was like 92 degrees when I called the turkey in and it was the final day. And I was above the wedding venue that you were talking about. I could see parts of the field around the, the vines and shit around the wedding venue and I'm listening, and I don't hear. I hear one gobble like way off on private land. And I'm like, really? There's nothing in here. And I stay there for like a half hour. I turn to the left, walk 100 yards over a knoll, and there's a there's a male turkey. I don't know how big it is, right there. And I'm like, oh. And then it clicked. I was like, they're too pressured. And I, it was a Jake with a sprig beard, and he didn't have a brother with him. And he, I, I actually called him in by raking leaves the entire time. I never touched my call. He gobbled an hour and 15 minutes later, right over the knob from me through some ferns. And I just reached down and was like, and dropped my striker, picked the gun up. And when he popped over the hill, I saw his beard and I let him walk, but he was by himself. And then like all of that shit, I've done that before the leaf scratching and shit. Like I understand how it works. But in that moment, I realized I was like, one, these birds are way too pressured. And two, it was stupid hot. So it just like those elements. And, and if I'd have had a log book now, granted, I'll keep that with me because it, it's, it was a memorable hunt. I almost got to shoot this bird, Yeah, but it's just the type of situation where it would have been cool to write that down. And then maybe 10 years from now, I look back like what, you know, what's the final day here in Maryland and Thermont, which is where I was. And then I look and I'm like, all right, this is what happened this day. The birds were too pressured. It's a small parcel of public. So the birds get beat up. Like it, it all made sense. Well, I started the logbook because, and we haven't done it for a while, and, and Lee and I keep kicking ourselves because we say every year for the last three or four we're going to do it, but I started it for rabbit hunting. We used to be real big into rabbit hunting, and we would go from the farm that we used to have to some public land um, in the county, and then a friend of ours has, his dad passed away six or 700 acres in Frederick County, in Frederick county. and I, I've, you know, I don't know how many people Remember when we're on the show, I keep saying we talked about it last time, but one of the last times we were here, we talked about this piece of property and it's a With cool the hill. Yeah. It's yeah, got rolling hills and this part over here looks like this. And then there's even like an old airstrip of just big cleared fields. Then there's parts where it literally looks like you're in Arkansas and could be smallmouth bass fishing streams everywhere. So we started writing down, okay, this time of day we're hitting rabbits that are sunning themselves on this hill. This time of day they're up in the old tree farm part. And, and I started keeping track of it like that. And then it just kind of rolled into other things. And then I'm ruined to freshwater fishing, 
you know, these lures worked really good on this pond. And Josh and I have a, a pond on a piece of our property that we call the Lake of Fire. Because if anything shitty is going to happen, that's where it's going to happen at. You're going to fall in the fucking water. You're going to cast your line out that you just got a brand new reel. And the line's just totally going to come off and you're... Like the weirdest shit just happens here. You're going to, you know, I've been fishing my whole life. I go to cast out and I hook my backpack tackle box and throw it in the water. You know, <laughs> you know, every time. I mean, it's just a weird place, you know, and we started writing stuff down, funny stuff, stuff like that. Um, this lure works here. You know, I caught a crappy, crappie, whatever you want to call them. Crappie. We call them crappies here in the mountains of Carroll County. That's right. But I caught one of them. On a small daredevil spoon, just smashed it, little paper mouth. And other ponds doesn't work out. I've gone to other stuff where you can only do top water, you can only do deep crankbaits and stuff like that. So it's a cool it, it, having a journal is cool, sentimental looking back. I mean, it's fresh in our minds now from two years ago for duck hunting, but like you said, 10 years from now, you know, am I going to remember? I use the notes for when we hunt public land down in Astique. Like, was there somebody? In the blind above us. Yeah, because you won't you won't remember. Those I won't remember things. that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Did I hear them shoot? What's the wind? Where what's were the, wind the birds coming yeah, in right, when the wind right. was like this? Um, was there a boat? There's boat blinds out on the bay. Was was somebody out there? So was there pressure out in the bay? And I can use that to kind of figure out telling by how many people are signing in in the morning where I exactly I want to go and how the weather is, and I can plan. Well, and also way. there's two things. So I'm fairly new in the duck hunting last five or six years i suck at calling i can I, and i haven't really practiced a whole lot but you know i'm a giant kid so if i'm in my car ask josh i'm slamming slayer or pantera and i'm that dude playing air drums at the stoplight i'm not these dude that drives around cranking on the call while i'm driving around i'm listening to podcasts in the morning and death metal on the way home get pumped up um, I'm just not a good caller. So I say all that because when I hunt with Garrett Martin, who does a taxidermy, he might call a little bit to grab the attention, but he's all about the decoy spread and the, and where we're hunting and the wind and, and all that stuff. Lee likes to call and he'll get birds to turn around for us by calling and doing different calls and stuff for us down the shore. And I write stuff like that down. This really worked. We did, you know, Josh is doing a feeder call lee's doing just a, a whistle or whatever you want to call it and what's cool about when we hunted acetique is and you're familiar with it from shingatique is you, if you get in certain spots you can see forever mm -hmm. so you can watch these birds work and turn and figure out what they're trying to do it's not like some of the timber where they're coming in and they're out and you can't see them I mean, we can literally watch these birds for hundreds of yards well it's like that on the bay yeah and yeah, you can watch them turn i mean the one blind we hunt we can see up to where uh, ocean city airport is so mm -hmm. you can see the birds coming off the bay and start working their way down to us. So and they'll make multiple pit stops on the way down. We through. figured out the calling with that. And then we figured out um, over the years we've talked about too before, uh, the, we had um, old wood duck decoys turned into hooded mergansers. We put them out there. We figured they'd come in here. Even where to put your mojo, we figured exactly where to put that. And we've had black ducks who are supposed to be the smartest birds around come down and literally – I smashed this stud black duck I have mounted that was literally staring at it, like beak to beak, like they're going to kiss, you know? And uh, information like that is just, whoa, turn away from like, it's just cool to have. Yeah, because every blind that I've, I've found down there, every blind, I set up my decoy spread differently at every blind. 
and it's all just the way. Well, another another difference too is the depth of the water, all that stuff. When I hunt with, and I'm not making fun of him, it's just how he likes to hunt, and he kills tons of ducks. When I hunt with Garrett Martin, who does the taxidermy, I mean, he's putting dozens and dozens and dozens of decoys out, spread after spread. And we go to Assateague, where we're putting out ten or twelve. I usually hunt with like six black ducks and two hooded megansers and. And we limited out on black ducks the last time we went. Say so, you no, know, and then when you go to places that are real marshy, like you go to like Fishing Bay or Tar Bay or something like that, that's just got little little ponds everywhere. You talk to the locals down there; they say throw two black ducks out, and you'll get ducks coming in like crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, around Shingatig, especially where, where my parents are at, there's a lot of those. Like, there's the creek that you can go out, but all around you, there's these little pockets and shit, little marsh pockets that actually people park on the road and the bridge into Chincoteague and wade through the mud and go out to their blinds and shit, not even with boats and hunt these little ponds in there. Right. And that's, so I, yeah, I understand what you mean where it's like, if, if you were to over, even if you were to overload it with decoys, you could screw it. That's one thing too. That's good for people to take from this is if you don't understand waterfowl that much, this is a good thing to take from it. If you think there's not enough room for that many decoys, you don't need that many decoys. If it's the right time of year and you're on big water and you look, if you want to put out 120 decoys, I've done it before 140. If you want to put out that many, you want to put out a diver spread on the Chesapeake Bay. You can have clouds come in on, but clouds aren't coming in on 10 decoys. But if you want to have a good morning picking off birds and you're in the right spot, you know what you're doing. Then you can obviously. Well, I mean, I tell, and it's different all over the country. So if there's people, different places listening, but like where we hunt, in my experience, the ducks are almost like deer. And people might listen to this and be like, yeah, you fucking idiot, duh. But beginning of the year, you're getting just a couple, the, the mating pairs coming in, a handful of them. At the end of the year, where we hunt is when you get your big groups, so the colder it gets. Wait, the, the bachelor groups early don't mate. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't know how you're. You and the Turkey Hill guy. This just keeps coming. First up. off, it's 2022. <laughs> I don't know how these ducks identify. I, I have Them seen bucks they. fuck each other on the run. I'm just, I've seen it. But yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. He, him, they, <laughs> I, I'm speechless are, right now. What are you? What are your pronouns? <laughs> Call me they. Chris, what, what else? What else you got on, on your um, list for today? On gear. Talk about decoys, and I'm not a decoy. I'm exactly like you guys. Facebook Marketplace, uh, find them cheap. And you just showed me I have the same ones. I have spoonbill decoys, and I don't even see a lot of spoonbill ducks, but their color on them is amazing. And every time I've taken them it, out and put them it out. It works because the ducks don't normally even see that. So it's not like Joe Schmo with 12 mallards is Hunting over his twelve mallards with rigum right sets, like yep, right. you're you're hunting with something a little bit different. You it's the be same that reason the hooded morganser is a little work. bit differently than the other fifteen yeah, groups it, out there. It goes back right, to yeah. at the beginning of the podcast we talked about. Look at aerial views. Look at the colors of the backs of these ducks. And there's whites. When you look out the water, you don't see that. But up above, you're going to see the whites on the backs. And I have a pair account on Facebook Marketplace, thirty bucks uh, spoonbills. Every time I take them out, I'm going to kill something. This is where you're going to be like, what the fuck? We have a pair, a, a pair, a set of Avian X flocked goose decoys. 
Every time I take him to the public Oh, you're so fucking cool. Look at me and my nice decoys, okay? Well, Mike's got his spray-painted decoys right across the Listen, say what you want. Say what you want. Now, my bro want them on this page. Now, big honker decoys mean more than duck decoys. We will take... Like in terms of realism. Right. We will take six or eight of these, and we always put them off to the right of our spread. Maybe not even where we can actually see them to hunt. Always put them off to the right, and... Every time we do it, ducks come in. Teal come in. We smashed blue wing teal on public land on opening day, coming into our, our our goose decoys every time. Even stupid darts and mergansers come into them. I mean, I read that in a Ducks Unlimited uh, uh, thing recently. I was online, saw it, and it was talking about decoy spreads. And I'm always game to learn something new from the professionals. And uh, the guy from Cadillac Creek was on there. Toby Brolin, and he said it doesn't matter what I'm hunting. I use like a at least a, like a dozen high quality goose decoys. That's the first thing I set in my spread. Yep. The duck decoys are fillers around, mm-hmm. and I will smash mallards limits over top of those goose decoys right. because the big honkers in any area, if you think about it, are confidence decoys because when you We've all hunted geese around here. When you got big honkers coming in and you fuck up on a call or your decoys aren't right, or there's no, those, those geese are like, we've seen this yeah. uh, literally a million times. I'm out. Out of here. Yep. But you, you might catch some high flying or whatever, or some quick flying mallards or, or especially anything like a diver duck. You can catch them over some bad decoy spreads. You're not catch. So when those big geese are there, that's what made sense when I read it. And I'm like, yeah, no shit. Like that makes so much sense to me. As the ducks would say, "Oh, if these big geese are are here, fuck it." Like right. they just got to be cool. <laughs> the other thing I'm seeing too is they always say, depending on the weather, put the decoy, the geese decoys, on the end. So as your ducks are coming in, the ducks finish before they get to those geese. For some reason, that's like that's ducks like to land with ducks. We know that. So they, right. if you put your geese at the very end of your decoy spread, as the ducks are coming in, they're landing, they're stopping before they get to those geese. So you can kind of manipulate your spread to have yeah. the ducks land a little bit over here where you want, you know, in your shooting lane and stuff. So. It's the same thing I've heard about mojos too. If you hunt in a tight concealed area, like in a marsh or in flooded, tim- it's a big thing in flooded timbers. But if you, if you have a set out and you want the, the ducks to decoy a certain way, you can set your mojos up to where what's attracting their eyes is the mojo at the end of the run. Mm-hmm. And then they might have a mojo here at first. I'm for anybody listening. I'm saying on the right hand side <laughs> and then all the way on the left hand side, you have another, like a big mallard mojo burning up on that side. And then when those ducks come in, they have something to concentrate on like an area that they're headed and they're going to pitch and land right with those birds right over top of the first and into the second. So, yeah, it makes sense. You're kind of lining it up when you're, you know, using the goose decoy. And I've been seeing that in Ducks Unlimited and a couple other publications yeah. online that that's really what people are trying to start to build. And I, they're learning that it works. So. I didn't write this down for my list for this stuff, but we've also used down the shore and up a couple times. And we forgot to bring in a bunch, but we have a Blue Heron Confidence decoy. And you can buy them 20 bucks. Sport Plast used to make them all the time. So we set that off to the side, maybe 15, 20 yards away from our spread, not with our ducks, but just 
somewhere on that shoreline. Now when the ducks are flying over, you go, <laughs> or whatever the fuck they do. Remember we were doing the other year, we took my son out, and he was my son was like, everybody look at me and my nice spoon bill that I have out here. I'm a crane. Come look at my... I think he said big pecker, but he didn't mean it like that. Hong Kong Kong, look at me, I'm a goose. All right, so... Uh, are you cleared up on the list? Because uh, I know you had said you wanted to do. I'm good for my stuff. You guys want to talk about anything else? Information is the biggest thing, guys. Look it up. Take your time and do your yeah, research. Yeah, no. And, and as we talk through this whole thing to wrap it up, I think Josh hit on it a lot too. It doesn't, if you want to start hunting or if you're just starting hunting and it seems like things are intimidating because it costs a lot, with about. $800, if you buy a cheap pump shotgun, and even if you buy some decent decoys, for about $800, you can you can hunt all the walk-in public spots you want. And I've hunted a lot of walk-in public spots over the years and killed birds and uh, getting some private lands, just the icing on the cake. But if, if you want to start out hunting, it doesn't take that much to get waders, like Josh had said, like... It just doesn't take that much to get going and shit. We so. have killed the gam run the gambit of most duck species on public land, going out for the price of your license and your stamps. I've hunted in shorts and, and boots, and we've killed mallards, black ducks. Josh killed bluebills, ringnecks, ringnecks, uh, gadwalls, gadwalls. Just going out. It's that's dude. The, if, and no, nobody knows, but the the gadwall Josh shot is fucking gorgeous. Like. A fucking tits guy. He got it because his wiener was out and he was peeing. That's uh, true. No, he was I like, was hey, this guy I, from, I've killed many deer I've, like that. I was cold and needed to take a walk. He was like, hey, this guy from Turkey Hill said to come over here. Yeah, so basically, you can hunt. He didn't say gag wall. <laughs> quack, quack, quack. I'm here for the show. We're like Lee. We're just trying to get an extra inch. <laughs> anyway, so I said at the beginning of the show, hit us up. I have more stickers, and I'll give them to you for free. Just send me a message. Nothing special. Send us a message, 3B. Send Mike yeah, a message. I'll, I'll throw in the kayak, too, if you hit us. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the first one. Josh, message him right now. <laughs> He's not giving you shit. You tried to give you a good trade <laughs> earlier. <laughs> All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later. See you guys. See ya.